Greetings is co-hosted and co-produced by Bobby O'Rourke and Dan Conroy. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at GreetingsPod or on Twitter at GreetingsCast for weekly updates, photos, and to see what card we're talking about that week. Rocking around the greetings tree, time to think about your sins. Nobody gets out, it's okay, so join us and eat some hay. Take it, man. And to me, eat some hay. Those are the swinging tunes of Greetings, the Greetings Card podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Bobby O'Rourke. Whew. And fresh off the dance floor, it's me, Dan Conroy. You are glistening, my friend. Welcome. Thank you. This is a tiara sweater vest that I have on. It's got a couple of, uh, they look like chimpanzees, all grasped onto a pine tree and just says monking around this Christmas. And uh, it's it's it has a couple of sequins, so it is bright. Uh, make no mistake, it's very bright. I think it's the only top that Fabergé ever made. Now, Bobby, I wanted to ask about you because you dressed in full Victorian wear today. Day. I like the wool with the three-piece suit. I love the top hat. I just am afraid it's a little hot in this 50s diner that we've decided to play these songs in for greetings. Are you going to be all right? I, w- I was fine because I feel just like a Victorian child who's attending his own funeral. So I'm, I'm perfectly healthy and, <laughs> and my brain isn't overheating at all. Is that why you brought the little coffin? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I got to use it. I got I got to make payments. That's very true. You got to use it while you pay for it, right? You're only yeah. three away. Pays for itself after a while. Also, I like that you stuffed it with holly. That makes it a little bit, makes me think less about dead children. Yeah, for now. More, fe- more festive. I mean, Dan, it's, it is full on holiday season. I've got my it dog is. right here, as you can <sighs> plainly see. And for the listening audience, I'm not lying. Um, and I've just gotten real seasonal. It's, 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 it's the first really cold day of December. So uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling in the mood. How about you? I am also feeling in the mood, Bobby. I do not have a nog on me right now, but I have the, uh, year round nog, which is just seltzer water unflavored, <laughs> but I will be getting a nog after this. I got to be careful how much nog I have with all this dancing I'm doing. It's going to make my tum tum rumble because I don't get good at digesting dairy just because it's the Honda day season, but I am celebrating in my own fashion. I just got my Christmas sweater vest. Ooh. for the year so it's green it's got big old cinnamons on it this is from the 80s so you it just fits like a it's a blanket that you wear to work that's basically <laughs> what it is it's nice and thick so it's really i'll be wearing nice i like that it looks cozy thank you so much friend i'll be wearing this for my company's holiday party and i'm going to be in style so that's kind of i will say i don't think of myself as someone who likes to buy clothing for myself very often i don't know about you dear babs but i will say if it's holiday like Halloween or Christmas, this is like the only time I like to buy something gaudy and goofy for myself. Oh, that's really nice. As far as clothing, I think that's perfectly festive and in the mood. I almost for more of a climate end have tried to only buy things that I know I'm going to use again, but I feel like a festive sweater is enough that you'll get some mileage out of that because I don't know if you're buying one every new year, but I have a feeling this sweater will make more than one appearance during its tenure. Yeah, no, I I think I mean more to say I like to have like something as a staple that I will wear every single year. Like, for example, I, I don't have and never have owned yet a ugly sweater or just mm. to say like a goofy Christmas sweater. I don't know. Sometimes calling it ugly. Not, I, I don't know why all of a sudden I got weird that I would be offending sweaters. An ugly Betty sweater. It has to feature characters from the show. It, it seems like something I would own and I've never owned an ugly sweater. So, well, f- let me rephrase. I've owned ugly sweaters, never owned an ugly Christmas sweater. So now I have one that I can wear proudly and I will be wearing next year. So I'm going to be a little grinchy here. Ugly sweater parties were one of those traditions that I never fully cop to because I could never get past the idea of buying something that I knew I would throw out or never wear again. It Even before we were sort of learning about sustainable clothing and trying not to waste things, just the idea of friends meaning well, but saying, come and buy this ugly garment and then you'll never wear it again, but it'll cost $60 because you went to Marshall's the, the, the hour before and you couldn't find anything <laughs> in your closet as I once did. I see where you're coming from. For me, the purchase of such an item like this one is indeed an investment that is 
multi-year long. This That's is really something... nice, though. Yours is not ugly sweater. Yours is cozy and festive, I think. That's very kind. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I, It's definitely gaudy. There's no... This sure. is like... It's got all the charm that your elementary school math teacher wore to Christmas. And <laughs> I like that. I hear you're saying, though, that ugly sweaters to me were fun right up until they were mass produced at Target made out of sheet materials and available for like $12, to which I was like... Well, th- this takes the fun out of because part of the whole concept behind ugly sweaters is that I think initially was that they were a made by somebody by hand or mm. B, it was something you found at a thrift store or a vintage store or whatever. Or in the back of your closet that you completely forgot it was there for however many years. Exactly. You you maybe wore once when you were 17 when your great aunt Marbles gave it to you because <laughs> she got really good at crocheting. But you never – you wore it the one time when the, the one year she hosted Christmas and it was an all soup year because she was, of course, on her massive soup diet because she was going to Bonaire in the fall. And you said to yourself never again because after what the soup did to you, you don't want to remember that mess up. And so that that was the charm, I think, originally of those ugly sweater contest or ugly sweater contests, ugly sweater parties. That was the charm of them. Now that everyone's kind of buying the same one that just says the same lines from like popular Christmas films, it just kind of feels mass produced and, and the kitschiness has has gone away. And, and maybe the effort, there was charm in the effort of finding something different. So I, I hear you that like now, unless we're going to go to that length, it, it it nearly is as bad as SantaCon to me. That it, It's on the same level almost. It's getting there. And for the record, Aunt Marbles' cream bass wasn't as bad as one would think. It was worse. And I'm just really glad she got a new hobby besides getting divorced. That took up a lot of time. <laughs> Well, okay. Look, you can't blame you can't blame Uncle Dardanelle. Da- da- he look when he fell from heaven after leading the rebellion of the Dark Angels. Uncle Dardanelle <laughs> decided to come to Earth and marry Aunt Marbles. He led the rebellion of the Dark Angels. He was sent to hell. He was there for seven million years. Then he was allowed to return back up to a purgatory Earth state so that he could marry Great Aunt Marbles. Uh, she recently got her screaming degree, as we know. It was a correspondence course, and they met in that correspondence course together. And yeah, the marriage they was met at a correspondence course. They met at a course. Well, they had a they had a, a lunch once a month to talk about how their screaming was going. And they hit it off so well. But unfortunately, you know, she was it was the cream bass that I think really took him away. He was okay when it was the cold minestrone. That was that that was something he could enjoy, but the cream bass was just something well, she used she used oat milk, which doesn't I don't think it goes well. That would set your teeth to chattering in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> a, a delight teeth chatter. <laughs> I had an interesting moment apropos of this podcast we are apparently doing. This week, while I was getting the mail, I got several Christmas cards or holiday cards. Oh. They were they were really nice and lovely. And we got four or five this week alone. And we were wow. talking briefly last week about how you deal with the number of holiday cards you have to send out. Like, Dan, do you have a ballpark of do you send out holiday cards in the way that I think is traditional, which is just saying happy holidays from Dan and, and co and enjoy the days. How many do you think you probably have on the dock uh, you have to send out? See, that's a great question because I am currently wrestling with a design for a Christmas card that I want to give out to friends. You're making um, those, right? If I, if I I'd like to correctly. make it, I don't know if I'm going to end up doing it, but I have one that I'd like to make. And it's basically just a photo of me next to a trash can in Curacao where it just says hungry with the McDonald's logo on it. And I mean, how else do you say happy holidays to friends? And I, listeners, I don't... This is not a bit. This very well might be. <laughs> no, nope, this is a very real out. thing. DM me if you want one, but I am figuring out the logistics now, but the biggest whale that I'm wrestling with in this regard is how many to give out Mm -hmm. because I feel like just like you, Bobby, I feel like we're both very blessed to have a lot of individuals that we could give this out to, to give to well-wishers and to people we haven't seen very often in the year, but that number can escalate very quickly. So I think for the sake of both my printer and my ability to remember people's addresses, I feel like I might limit it to, you know, close friends in the area, as well as maybe my cousins and then some friends that I haven't seen for a while that are now that have moved away, that are that are that are somewhere else other than the general New York metropolitan area Mm -hmm. who maybe could use a little connection from a friend's because they might have moved farther away. And it's like, hey, I'm thinking of you. Love you, buddy. 
happy Honda days to you and and your loved ones as well. So I think that might be the number. So at that point, it's still going to be like over 15, over 20, maybe. But so we'll we'll have to figure that out. That's a healthy number. And a happy Toyota-thon, too. I believe tonight is the first night you can light your first axle. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It's It's so beautiful when you get to the final day and the whole Camry is just lit up in the driveway. And everything from the from the cup holder to the back seat where the trunk stereo system is. It's the whole thing set ablaze. Did you know that the story is that the ancient Hebrews had only one gallon of gas and they said, we can't possibly make this last for eight nights. And they were right. It didn't. What's beautiful about that, they had run out of gasoline by that point, unleaded if I remember my Hebrew. And mm. they, of course, were denied entry to every gas station they tried to go to, mostly because every spot was handicapped. Now, one of them did have a handicap. What's that called? Handicap placard. They had no eyes where they should be. But unfortunately, they forgot to bring it with them that day and they didn't want the ticket. It's a sad, it's a sad, but beautiful, inspiring story. That's my favorite line from uh, Sonico 2021 is no eyes where they should be. It sounds like uh, what, what it sounds like a grunge album. I don't know why, but I don't know who would do a nine inch nails. No eyes where they should be. Yeah, right. Or Oasis or somebody has that song. In or Oasis. Yeah. You ever open the uh, it's funny because if you get your Toyota Thon car now, guys, if you open the glove compartment, you will get it will be full of guilt. Now, don't tell anybody that Bobby and I said that. But if you don't find it, ask for your money back immediately. Yeah. <laughs> happy car shopping, guys. Happy car. Happy Toyota Thon. Happy Honda days. Whatever you celebrate, greetings accepts you for what you are. For what you are, we accept everything. And especially if it involves gold candy or any kind of candy, really, just have candy. Why won't you have candy? Even if you're not celebrating, have candy. Yeah. Now, Bobby, you and Maddie are doing cards this year, yes? We are. Maddie was always a big card person. I was not. My family didn't send cards. We got them and we appreciated them. We just never thought that people cared to look at us longer than they were with us. But... We counted this year, and because we recently had the wedding, we have something like 60 or 70 unique cards that we have to send out. So, wow. 60 uh, I, I or 70? Yeah, because you know people come to the wedding, which is so nice, and we sent out thank you cards, but we send them out to family who couldn't make it or friends who, who unfortunately couldn't come for one reason or another, and then there's the people who did, and you love them. So it's all eh. we're all very, of all the problems to have, we're very lucky, but it does require several dedicated evenings of just simply writing cards, and we brought this up with Keith last week where towards the end of the night, around 1030, you're just saying, like, mm, I don't like you. Merry Christmas. I hope you have love kind of like body. that's true it's like i saw you last week why am i doing this for you merry christmas whatever see you again next week idiot like that's and i'm hoping my card says that no worries if it doesn't uh but that's you should give, give it to people that you don't see on zoom once a week i can make it but happen. i see what you're saying there with the the sheer amount like the mountain you have to deal with on top of all the other things going on during christmas just writing little messages little epistles for each individual and it is really sweet that you guys do it personally because i feel like it's for a lot of the cards which is fine it's it's like you said it's a happy honda days wish you were beer and you just ship it out with like a photo of your kids or a snowman or like two dogs sharing a hot dog or, or your kids entombed in a snowman and watching them try to struggle their way out or your kids when they were background actors in tomb raider which would make them about 30 now Tomb Raider, Cradle cradle to Grave. That was the one, right? That was the second one? That was, well, it was Cradle to Grave, but then they did sort of a prequel, like, half movie to get you ready for it, which is Tomb Raider, Cradle of Filth. And then, they, oh, their whole, their music's in the soundtrack. Featuring Uncle Dartamel. Featuring Uncle Dartamel and Marbles. And that's how they do the, they did a Don Pardo intro. <laughs> the whole thing, it was a Lorne Michaels production, and when you get him on it, he insists it be like everything else he ever does. That is a good that is a good massive number though and especially because would you, would you say that that number has increased because of the wedding this past year that it is sort of a the, the amount of greeting cards uh sorry holiday cards you did like you're sort of reaching out to people you might not have done the year before or is it about the same it's a little more than last year but i would say over the past couple of years we've done no less than 45 or 50 maddie just likes cards and is good no, of at course. them and, and i wasn't and so we try to make them as personal as possible and i didn't know that sort of a strange tradition when you get married I, I strange for me and and of course i'm the measure for what is normal and what is not normal is when you get we've married, said that we've said that yeah on on cards you put down sort of a synopsis of what you did in the year there's people who i got cards from friends and there were these small little vignettes on the back that were like this year we traveled to the great mountain and saw the shaman who told us that all things within the eye are without of the eye and uh, then we also got hummus for the first time and we're really looking forward to 2023 and 
I just never knew people would be that interested. It's it was almost a humility thing where no one wants to hear about what I did this year. I watched the Halloween trilogy three times that no one wants to hear about that kind of nonsense. I think you were you and I were raised in similar I would say like maybe cultural but also like emotional environments where it's like if if someone wants to hear what's going on in your life I they will talk to you about it and we'll have a conversation you. with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole idea that you would go forward because I feel the same exact way that I from media, I think the first time I ever heard about it was probably from homestarner.com weirdly enough. But from media, <laughs> people, I don't know, don't ask me why there's I think it's called a Decemberween mackerel. If you are out there and you love Homestar Runner, go ahead and take a look at that. But the idea of catching people up with one of those kinds of cards, sort of like a little newsletter of what's going on in your family, who's going to start high school in the fall, who's starting high school in the second winter, who's starting high school in space, you know. Who's starting high school musical the first time and has never seen it before. Who's starting low school, who's starting medium school because there's growth spurts happening, be nice to them. But the idea that you would give that to somebody in your card for the season, I, I that never... I never understood that. To me, those are questions that you answer when someone goes, so how's your life? And then you can go into your spiel. But uh, you have yet to open the door. It was sort of like conversation vampirism. I'm not allowed to go <laughs> that way until I'm invited through the doorway of, and how is your day? Or, and what's been going on with you? And then you can answer. You don't just go in with, I'm doing great. Let me talk about it. <laughs> and then you just sort of barge right in with a barrel of honey for everyone to dip their hand in. I love the honey, though. I, I do miss that. I missed some Christmas parties this past couple weeks, and I'm sorry I did because I had honey barrels galore. But, you know, they'll stay fresh till next year. They don't go bad. You're a busy, popular man. You got lots of honey to dip your hand in. Nope. I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> if I could take it back, I would, listener. But I can't. Hey, you got hands to dip your honey to dip your hands in. <laughs> That's what the season's all about. And hopefully... Bobby, it'll be your hands and others that'll dip into my honey soon. Why am I making it worse? Why I, Why did I decide to make I it worse? I was looking at you and I thought, surely he'll see reason. And uh, nope, that didn't happen. Not at all. In fact, quite the opposite. I decided to keep it rolling and this could be uh, cut for worse things. Don't cut into the podcast. We didn't allow that. That's right. We, there's no editing here. But speaking of honey in your hand, I do have a card for you because last week- That is um, honey in my hand. You brought one for our good friend, Keith St. Lawrence, who, as we said, protested violently and said, I will not bring in a card. I'll only do what dan has brought so this week i am bringing the card thank you bobby yeah bobby uh keith said the phrase when we said would you be willing to bring a card in for us to see and he just kept writing the words over my cold dead body over and over yeah it was it was rough i didn't feel great about it <laughs> none of us did thanks for coming on keith thanks keith love you buddy uh well dan as you pull that up i will remind the listener that if they have a card they would like us to view or want to share with us they can reach out at greetings pod on instagram or at greetings cast on twitter for however long twitter lasts it's still up in the air these days but we're still there and we're still kicking so if you got something to show us please do please do guys bets are still up for how long twitter is going to be going on or if it's going to evolve into something real strange either way we'll be on the ride for it or we won't be but we're up for right now so so go ahead and post us there. And I've got this open. And Dan, tell me and tell the world what you see here. So take your time. We start off with it's a it's an illuminescent green background. This is the type of green that is reserved for doing CGI films. You could it, this is the same exact color of a green screen. So impressed to begin. The top of the card is a large North American mammal, primarily found in Canada and the uh, Northern United States. It is a moose. And the moose is wearing a delightful animated red and white striped scarf, not unlike a candied cane, and a Santa Min like hat. And then below, we have in the kind of font that would have been in like Napoleon Dynamite or I'm pretty sure what's the other movie I'm thinking of? Uh, Hotel Rwanda. Not, ho not, not Hotel. Well, now I'm thinking of Hotel Rwanda. Thanks. Difficult, difficult movie. Merry Christmas, everybody. Great, great film. Great. But great hard. film for hard. the holidays, guys. It's, it's, it's Elf and Hotel Rwanda. One of one of those films, Nick and Nora Infinite Playlist, whatever. One of those indie films of the not indie, but like indie style movies that were big by the studios in the mid to late 2000s. I call, I call it quiet pretentious is the way that I've described those films a lot of the time. Basically anything Michael Sarah was in for five to eight years. Mm -hmm. So it is in that font. It says 
stay with me now. Merry Christmas to you. I'm going to say it again. Merry Christmas, M-O-O-S-E to you. Both O's are in the style of Christmas wreaths with little bows on them. And below are like if a toddler threw two candy canes on the ground. Now, Dan, we are a little advanced in the comedic realm. I flatter ourselves to say so. So for the I like listener, to think so. So for the listener who's only ever, you know, saw a vaudeville show and then said comedy's not for me, could you <laughs> briefly run through what makes Christmas so funny? And and please be as accurate as you possibly can. I'm glad you asked, Bobby. Now, I have watched at least four episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond, and I do every morning. So I know a little something about comedy. <laughs> and what is hilarious here is that we have got a type of joke that we have traipsed upon like a dead horse over and over and over again until it's deep in the ground, which is a pun. And the pun here is that in the word Christmas... Now, it's Christmas originally. Keep that in your head, okay? I heard that. I beg you to hold on to it. And what they've done is they've taken- This is key, people. Listen up. You can't lose this information halfway through. Yeah, you got- This is key. Please hold it up. Hold on to it. This is key and peel. This is a joke that they they might have done. They've never done this joke. What they do is you take the M-A-S at the end, which is supposed to be mass, as in Christ's mass. They take the mass out, replace it with the word for moose, M-O-O-S-E- and now we've combined it again. What do you got? You have you've got a salutation for a winter holiday that was basically supposed to compete with Saturnalia and Yule in reference to pulling in the pagans in references to Christ's birth. And you've got a reference to a fine, large mammal, in this case, a moose. So that's what we're dealing with. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you all were listening carefully because you don't get a master class like that in comedy from just any old podcast. That needs to come from from Daniel Daniel Conroy. I don't know, Professor Bork O'Rourke. I am having a look-see at our students here right now, and I don't see any of them taking notes. So I hope you guys are ready for the midterm that we're going to have on Christmas Day. There is going to be a... And if you don't pass, you don't get to keep subscribing. So how about that? Where are you going? Punishment will fit the crime. My biggest problem... To, to get started, first off, I, I do think <laughs> just just starting from the starting from the top, I do love a lot of things about this card. I think it is folksy. It's a little whimsy. It's a little it's got some like simple simpleness to the front, which I think in Christmas cards can be really nice because it is so easy with cards during this season for them to just be overloaded with just glitter and decorations. And it's nice to have something a little bit more muted. And I think this card does a good job of it. I think that definitely appeals to me in that way. What I don't like is that Christmas is already a word that we're probably dropping a bunch of, what's the word I'm looking for? Alliteration with, because we're not really saying Christmas. And Christ mass, yes. And Christ, ma- exactly. Unlike Christ. From its yeah, yeah. Breaking apart from where it is. So Christmas it sort of just gets away from you. Like I say that out loud and I'm not even thinking the holiday anymore, you know? Yeah, I see what you mean. It doesn't it doesn't add anything to the word that's already there because the best puns, the masterclass continues, are the ones that of add some meaning. They don't just simply substitute one word in for the other. And in this case, if you didn't have a picture of the moose above it, this wouldn't really be a pun. It would be more of a misspelling, I guess, than anything else if you didn't have a picture of a moose. This is better than other... Because I have seen a few other animal-based Merry Christmas attempts at a pun. Uh, w- one of my favorites is growing up for a time my parents lived in Vermont. And one of the gifts that they brought down from their time there, especially during this Yuletide season, was a decoration of a cow around a wooden wreath. So it was like a wooden cow on a wooden wreath. And it said Mooey Christmas. And what I don't like about that versus this is that... You do have to have the Mary in there because Mooey isn't anything. That's not that's the that's mm. the sound that uh that is the sound that a cow makes with a Y at the end, but that's about all it is. Yeah. In this case, and I don't know if it's really that it doesn't connect to it at all, or maybe I'm just saying it too much in my head. It's that's there's a word for that where you say the word too often and then it doesn't mean anything anymore. Oh yes. Christmas, Probably Christmas, a long, Christmas, Christmas. A long German word that I'm unfamiliar with, but I do know the effect. I think that's the phrase about. long German word syndrome. Yeah, I, I had a touch of that myself last year. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But your your skin's really cleared up. Yeah, I mean I bathed in pure olive oil. 
And uh, man, am I slippery. I bathed in pure Oliver Platt oil. I don't know what that means. I just wanted to connect to Oliver. <laughs> I mean, man, what a what a treasure. We don't appreciate him nearly enough. Not enough. We don't appreciate all the all the oil he gives. He to was us. the best villain the Beethoven films ever had for my money. But you know, I'm I've never seen a Beethoven. I I feel like I am so uneducated on big dog children's films. I I've never seen a single episode of Beethoven. There was and, a whole wall in Blockbuster you just passed on by. Big dogs in children's films wasn't big dogs in children's. Radar. Like, because I've seen Homeward Bound because they're not big dogs. They're relatively small. So that was easy enough to get behind. I uh, never saw any of the Air Buds, but I see all of the buddies, Space Buddies, Spooky Buddies, Cabbage Patch Buddies every single year. And you've never even heard of Clifford the Big Red Dog. That was just right out. Never even saw that one. What's that? Clifford the... Ah, oh, you wouldn't wait. know. Ah. Wait, wait, wait. I'm looking up Clifford the so Big Red Dog. A- oh, no! He's so big and so Clifford. He's- He's way too big. How is he going to fit inside of that doghouse? Well, in case you care to know, I once regaled my cousins with this on a family vacation once where the plot of the first Beethoven film, are you you familiar with it, Dan? I don't want to repeat it. I am not aware of the plot of the first Beethoven film. Well, let me tell you. In this children's (laughs) film, a family adopts the St. Bernard that's run away from a corrupt vet who is selling dog skulls to paramilitary services to test bullets. So that's why they want Beethoven is they have. I'm so I'm mil- sorry. I'm sorry. I'm what sorry. Unclear to you. That's a great question. Let me go ahead and try to you know wrap my head around that one a bit. So the dog was owned by a vet. The dog was from like a puppy mill that the vet. Okay. The vet and some goons. One of them played. Uh, the vet and some goons. One of them played master. I saw the. I saw them play at CBGBs. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the vet and some goons. <laughs> <laughs> one of them played by the masterful Oliver Platt. See, it all comes back around. I'm going to bring it back to Mooses at some point. You watch. Um, we'll get to the card. <laughs> yeah. They kidnap dogs and they work with this group that tests munitions. And the, the munitions group says, you know, we need skulls to test these bullets on. And the vet, who's corrupt, as previously mentioned, says, you know, St. Bernard's skulls are pretty big and humanoid. We could probably kill some dogs. Pretty big and humanoid. <laughs> They're not thick, humanoid. They're dogs. They're about... What I'm saying is Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> Merry Christmas to me. My stars. That I had no idea that munitions dealing was a part of this supposedly charming film about a St. Bernard that warms a family's heart who I, I'm going to assume live in suburban Chicago because all films in that era were from there. And Yeah, that's right. I never thought of that. I had no idea. Well, that's uh, thanks to... Um, John Hughes, right? John Hughes, thank yeah. you. Yes, that, that's the John Hughes verse, make, making all that popular. But uh, oh my God, I had no idea it involved. Well, we're gonna just take the skull from this dog because it's a lot like a human. This is like small soldiers. Where if you rewatch that, they're wondering what they can do with the toys now that they've learned that they'll kill people. And the main guy, uh, Dennis, what's his name? Oh boy. Oh, Dennis remember. Leary. Dennis Leary says that he's gonna sell them to North Korea, which is like, <laughs> what a fun inside joke for the adults and kids who um, read the Washington Post or New York Times or whatever. 1998 was a different time. Very different time, and it, and it shows in these movies. Wow. What a vibe. I want to go back to Merry Christmas because I feel like I need to imbue myself with the spirit again because all now I'm thinking of is, is bullets going into dog skulls. Hey, a moose. I, um, you know, I love a pun. I would say that this pun definitely works better than Mooey Christmas, I said earlier. So upon review of it, so far I'm liking it. I yeah, really I, like I didn't hate it so far. I do have to say the moose looks particularly angry. He's not a happy mm. guy. I, I'm, I, I am zooming in on the moose head not only does the moose not look happy the moose looks very frightened the moose's eyes are like sort of bulging out of its skull oh. i've never th- oh you shouldn't have gotten that close i'm seeing it now i can't unsee what you're seeing yeah it's, you get so close to it that you're like oh is everything all right friend can i get you something to drink like you know you're sort of seeing the the error that the moose has caused it's sort of like we've bamboozled the moose into taking this photo for us which that doesn't feel right i want the moose to appreciate the holiday and not feel forced upon it if it feels like it it's 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 not in this card on its own free will you know what i mean this is seafood birthday all over again is the subject aware (laughs) of what they're contributing most controversial episode i think we've done to date that was a hot button topic we had on that episode and i swear if we get to the end of this card and i find out that it says moose unaware of photography upon shooting of a photo for a greeting card. If I read that at the end, I am going to be very disappointed because this moose should have been allowed to make that decision and it doesn't seem like it based on its face. Yeah, he is at best ignorant, perhaps unwilling to be in this card. Why 
well, I was going to say why reindeer and not moose. But now that I say that out loud, obviously it was where the tradition started. But now that we've learned about the efficacy, the efficiency, I think is the word I'm looking for, and the efficacy, I want to make sure, I want to make sure everything's above board, of these creatures, would eight moose be a better choice for the Santamon sleigh than reindeer? Because I'm not aware of how strong reindeer are, but I definitely am aware of how strong moose are. And I feel like for the amount of toys, it's it's a no-brainer, right? But I guess I guess moose are a little bit more temperamental. Bobby, way on this place. I was going to say in my in my zoologist hat, if I may put on my zoologist hat, and I will. Hold on. Okay, got it. Ooh, um, whoa, whoa. It's, 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 it's literally just a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man costume. Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 I was a professional. I am a professional. Bum, bum, bada, um, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I think that if I had a guess, I'd say uh, reindeers are easily broken. Their wills are not as strong as moose. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Yeah, you heard it here. God, yeah, you're probably right that the reindeer is probably more tameable than the wild moose where every I'll just get a viral video every so often of two mooses fighting in someone's parking lot in North Dakota. So that that probably means that they are not the most reliable for the work we're going to need to have them do which mm-hmm. is to make sure that you know cookies are eaten milk is consumed in a level that milk should never be consumed and presents are dropped under the trees so that that that's pretty fair that we don't have moose for that reason god this holiday is not fair to animals is it <laughs> no it's not is beethoven a christmas movie they might have had a christmas film along the line but the first one is not a christmas film and neither is the following one in which beethoven falls in love all right and then is it the third one where beethoven has a bunch of beethoven puppies i think so or that's the one where he defeats the emperor in the throne room and wins the battle of endor i can't remember which one it is oh that's a good point yeah well i i did like when he was in mozaspa and did the race that was pretty fun yeah that I, was you know cool. you don't see it you don't see a dog often win those uh races so it was really really no, win the boon to eve classic no you never see him uh no you never do but you know <laughs> luke skywalker there watching it with his friends so so far i am liking what i'm seeing this is this is a good this is a good solid card scared moose aside if i look at this card from a distance or i've got two strong stouts in me this is a card where i'm just like <laughs> Oh, everything's going pretty well. It's the mo- it's the scared moose that I'm a little concerned about, but everything else is 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 merry and bright. I'd say so far. I'm liking this. Yeah, we like them though. Let's move on to page two, shall we, and see how All you feel right. about that one. Oh no! And herein lies the rub. And we get to the second page, and it is a red background. We now remember we had green in the beginning. Now we have red. There is a tab on the right. There's a white tab, which I do fear is going to come up to haunt me in just a moment because Bobby told me this was Bobby told me this was a multimedia demon he's pulled from hell. And the in new font. Now, we don't have my fine indie font anymore. It's no longer my wonderful squid in the whale font. And now we've (laughs) gone into what appears to be like goofy greeting card font. And it says in the white font and a happy new deer. Now, I don't see any deer yet. Yeah, deer not pictured. Hold on to your mistletoe, ding-dongs. And a happy new deer. Hope your holidays jingle with happiness. And I'd like to point out, because I love doing the script judgment on this part of the podcast, your and with, because it says, hope your holidays jingle with happiness. Your and with, they've decided to do in cursive, Mm. and the rest of them are just in print. Making me go to your and with first. So that was a bad choice, not a good choice. Do it all in cursive or don't do any of it in cursive. Oh, but so don't your do eye was the... drawn to, I guess that's a pronoun and a preposition, right? Is that what with is? But yeah. your eye was I don't drawn know if... to that because they were slightly cursive in nature. I don't know if that's a reading handicap on my end, but the point of the matter is that it's annoying. And I mm-hmm. and I called it out and here we are. We've done did it. I like my sweater vest. Mm-hmm. Um, should, I, I feel like I can't judge this page until I go to the next one. Should I should I make my way to the third one? I'm you scared. Can tr- you can try. I mean, I've given you a still, and you guessed correctly that there is a multimedia component, so I hope oh, that we can post this for the listener. No. But if we cannot, can you describe oh. what is oh. happening in this card? Oh, God damn. Yeah. Oh, okay, hold oh, on. Yes. So... Okay, so for the ding, I'm sorry. I'm, for the ding, uh, please do your job. I don't want to. I don't want anymore. <laughs> don't you say you had dinner? Don't you want to stop this and go to dinner and stop listening to me whine and mope and groan? Not until we're through. There's no way out but oh, through. Oh, we got to take our medicine. So 
what Bobby has really darkened my doorstep with this time, he is... <laughs> Bobby, Bobby and I ha- are fighting like angels and demons, and he slayed me to hell with this image. For the Ding Dongs, it is gonna be animatronic. I, I animatronic. I can't say that word. And it's animatronic. <laughs> it's animatronic. It is an. It's gonna be an animatronic dancing image of a deer. But just to describe it, for our better and worse demons collided together having soup. It is a photo of a deer head, a photorealistic deer head slapped upon a cartoonish image of a deer body has the same scarf as the moose in the beginning with lights tangled upon its antlers, which is actually very bad for it. It can cause it damage and potentially death later. And there's clearly a song and I'm going to put it in front of the speaker. May God have mercy on all our souls. I have to do that again. Yeah, because I, I think we have I th- to. I think I could only this... hold the record button for five seconds before my body just rebelled and said, stop. All of my synapses just went to my eyeballs. I don't even think I heard anything. Let me try that again. The head, do- the head doesn't move. The, head do- the body and moves, the- though. The body moves separate to the the body moves separate to the head so you can see the disjointedness. There's no neck. And what's going on with the voice? Why did I get Buffalo Bill in that one? Why did that happen? Oh, wait. She gripping fat person. Literally. It, that was right when you gave that to me. Hold on. I wanted to do the... It was literally... And a happy new year. Hope your holidays jingle with happiness. It was that. It was literally that. That was slightly Sean Connery, too. I didn't hate that. I got to tell you. That was that was Scottish Buffalo Bill. Scottish Buffalo Bill comes to town. Goodbye, reindeer. <laughs> I'm crying over you. Wow. That was atrocious. That it's, was a, it's th- the photorealistic head with the smile pasted on because it's it's fake body photorealistic head fake mouth it just it, it takes you on a whiplash it really hurts your neck to look at this what, card what happened to the moose where where did the moose happy go new deer, dan get with the times but it was a it was a merry cruise moose cruise cru, cru, cruise moose moose chris it was a where's merry, moose chris a moosey christmas happy where's deer, my new. moose friend chris he said he'd come over he was bringing line and kugels my moose oh. friend chris with his line and kugels he's my line and kugel moose friend we You've thrown away the theory of the first page. You've thrown away the thesis that we came here for. Mm. If you're going to, I will accept two puns. I am not a bigot like that. I will accept. You're not. I'm not a stingy boy. I'm not a miser about it. I don't sit at my table begging Cratchit to stay one more day. And then I look over and go, are there no pun houses? Are there no prisons for puns sir they'd and, rather die than use puns but i i i get the fattest goose for every pun in town and i wish them all a merry christmas and say if you can say a better pun i'll give you half a crown but this you have done and thrown it away and for what for a cheap novelty that will do nothing but frighten me why is it a realistic head why is it not connected to the body what's going on here so as this you can is- see I, I took a, a page from your book because I got you back for Tennis Ball Dog, which was, I think, another Father's Day card. So I saw what you did to me, and I bided my time, and I thought, one day I will return the favor, and that day's today. And I am, in fact, Edmund Dantes. I feel like I should lay that out there right now. This this is so much worse than Tennis Ball Dog. This Tennis Ball Dog had a, thir- had a through line mm. of, a, of a thought. You know, like it, it, it brings you to where it needs to go, even though it was it was demonic. The tennis ball one was one of the lesser demons. It wasn't screw tape. OK, but it was slob this, gob, the other it was the other it was one. it was definitely more of a slob gob. But this is either screw tape or this is just plain Satan because it's a dancing deer head. This is the reversal of Evil Dead 2's giggling deer on the wall. That was Evil Dead 2, right? When he goes insane? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, 
This is the giggling deer on the wall, which, interestingly enough, before I was old enough to see Evil Dead 2, I first saw that clip at a Weird Al Yankovic concert. So Weird Al um, is such a pivotal figure in your life. The more I learn about you is, is how, how, how big in the pantheon of, of your development Weird Al has been. His references are really the only reason I know anything. They're, they're, if it didn't come from his songs, I don't know it. It's like, it's like the person that only gets their news from billboards. Well, our good friend, as you know, our good friend Steve Hilger hosts a co-host host of the Into the Aether podcast, which is amazing. Into the Aether, check it out. We always had this theory that everyone has like a pantheon in their head of er ever so many or so few performers or are creators of some sort that you all kind of base your style on and we all have a bunch of mixes and they could be real or not and I feel like Weird Al Yankovic is a real version of like when you go into Dan's head and you see and I mean this as a huge compliment when you see like what are the greatest statues for it's like Weird Al is among the tallest standing statues in that that house of worship thank you very much I feel like yes where I feel like Weird Al Yankovic is definitely on the higher rating of the like main deities where there might be like demigods essentially but like weird al would definitely be of the of the ones who are more like beams of pure energy i feel like for a time for you bobby i would say both victor hugo would have done that for you or also (laughs) that was definitely one of yours and also uh stephen king definitely i would say is probably in that pantheon unless you'd like to prove me wrong i'd love to be proven wrong no that them and chris farley probably yeah those are chris farley oh my god the chippendale scene yes absolutely the chippendales dance you can't beat it Unlike um, this, uh, this deer demon, which is probably in the lower levels of Tartarus, I think for for both of us, I would have to this, say this is this is in the cold pit. This is absolutely where the wings continue to flap, so the ice continues to grow around. And I, I feel like I, I I've had such a negative reaction, dear ding dongs. I apologize. I I have to. I, I'm not going to put it to the to the microphone this time. I just have to listen to what what the evil voice says to me. It, it, it's it's singing Jingle Bells. It's yes. singing, oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh, Jingle Bells, which hilariously is not even considered a Christmas song. It's considered a wintertime song. But And in fact, for a while, I think it was considered a Thanksgiving song. It sounds like it is in the style of Patrick Starr if he was in one of those YouTube horror videos, like the Mandela Project or whatever it's called. But the it, it's just, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. This has taken all the joy from the beginning and taken it away from me. It has stripped it away and forced me to be scared. Which, if this was a if this was a Christmas horror card from the beginning, I can understand it. But no, this was just a jump scare. This was a cheap jump scare. This was a Five Nights at Freddy's card. I would have preferred a Five Nights at Freddy's card because at least that's a media franchise I can get some joy out of. And I didn't mean to be stingy with the level of music that I recorded. I recorded for five seconds and people started looking at me, so I had to stop and move. Oh, on, we so. have plenty. Oh, we have plenty, Bobby. Let me promise you, this will be more than enough for the Instagram post. I will want I will want to afflict our listenership to nothing more than this. This is a, because I think I think a little bit less is kind of more in this scenario. Like it cuts off at a time that's really uncomfortable because also it, when you see it, ding dongs, you'll notice the legs are flinging around in the plastic packaging. Yeah. And then some of them kind of get caught because they're made of cheap paper. And so they're still moving, but it's kind of like shaking around. It's like you've caught a catfish in a bag. It's just how it's moving. (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, well said. I would have like a a, a deer you have shot from hunting would have been less gruesome looking than what I just saw. Yikes. It's true. It's bad. It's so bad. Oh, I got to get to the last page. Otherwise, we're, we're not going to get you. It has a soft denouement. It's just the the final page. American greetings. Oh, get your cards. Thank God. Wherever American greetings are, they've said hello already. Wherever uh, greetings are, so are American greetings, unless you're outside of America. In that case, they're different greetings. Now, I do take umbrage with the hashtag in the bottom left corner, best card ever. <laughs> I do feel like there's some room no. for debate. No. Did they wait? Do we have any jurisdiction here? Did they take it? We've got to earn our way into that realm. I think we don't have legislative power yet, but time will tell maybe. But I feel like the hashtag can be argued in this case. Can we appeal this? How did they earn this? How did, can you just print it? Is there no law for hashtags? You would, they could all just be best card ever. And the next one is bestest card ever. This is like when the founding fathers were just making their own newspapers in the 1790s. They just made newspapers and said, Ben Franklin's a dick. And then someone else yeah. said, Ben Franklin fucked your mom, bro. Meanwhile, 
<laughs> might have been true actually for the time. Could that that, that would have been that would have been one of the more accurate insults you could have done. And you can't even buy that newspaper that talks about how much bang and Ben Franklin did because you're trying to use a Massachusetts gelder and unfortunately you're in Delaware where they only take whatever tokens they use because yeah, just like their newspaper, they can just make whatever fake money they want. Hey, you have to pay for this with a Pennsylvanian buckskin. What? That's what they called him at the Constitutional Convention, Bang and Ben Franklin. Bang, bang and Franklin, exactly. <laughs> bang and Franklin. Well, Bang and Ben's in the house. <laughs> oh, sorry, he's in both houses because it's a bicameral legislation. Oh! <laughs> I made a joke that they would not make the turkey our national bird because everyone was so jealous about how much really cool sex he was probably having in France. And all it took was for him to wear a raccoon skin cap and write something about how he invented a different pair of glasses or whatever. And so they're like, oh, you're going to go out there and have yourself a sassy wax time? Or it's the bald eagle. How does that sound? We'd rather have a bird with no hair than your idea. The best part of this card is when we didn't talk about it and talked about Ben Franklin's sex life. Let's just say that out loud. This holiday season, consider Ben Franklin's sex life. Yeah, the best moments is when we didn't talk about this card. (laughs) So rough. Oh, God. I'm going to be thinking about that for a long time now. That's good, because you do have to rank it. I can't let you go in good conscience until you rank this card. No, and ranking we must do, because we are now at that time. Bobby, this has to go. This has to go on the fridge. And I don't want to be a Scrooge. We're only into our second. Whoa. Okay. This I I expect you to burn this in the sink as you've done for (laughs) one or two other ones. This is I I have to find a quiet place in a public park and lightly burn this wearing a trench coat and lighting a cigarette. And hopefully no one else is around on a gray day. No, I I want to put this on the fridge because we only have four weeks of this Honda Day season. And it would be too much of a Scrooge for me to immediately throw this in the garbage. And the beginning is very endearing. I stand by it. Merry Christmas to you. It is nice. It is subtle. It's like I had to go to two different parties. And I was really happy with the first one because we all had like a light nog punch. We were (laughs) referencing whether or not we like Fleischman is in trouble on Hulu. I really don't. And I had to leave early because I said I'd go to another party. And it turns out it's at a bar and it's SantaCon. The inside of this card is all of the joy and... And, and settling, you know, good fuzzies of SantaCon, where someone is just sleeping in the vestibule of a CVS in full Santa gear or having sex. And I... Tis the season. I, tis the season. And I cannot cotton to the second part, but I can go back and remember the memories of how good the first party was. And I think that's something to be grateful for and that we can celebrate that. So this card, surprisingly is not going to be thrown to the ashes of winter. This card will be to the top right on the freezer door. Whoa. Provided, provide, now now there is a clause, a Santa Claus, my dear boy, where state, don't go. We're so close. Where I will be taking the battery out of the back of this thing and we will not open the card. (laughs) The other word for that is cheating, by the way. No, it's not. No, we never said that we couldn't take batteries out. We're only in the first season of this damn thing. I will. We will decide together what is cheating later. No. uh, So maybe it is cheating and I will take I will take points off my fridge for the next greets giving. But I will say I, I have to do it. Otherwise, this thing will go right in with the figgy pudding, which is in the trash. And I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I will take the battery out. I will staple it shut and I will enjoy the front of this until the new year. And then in the red drawer, it goes with all the other cards or it gets thrown away. That is where it goes for me, Bobby. I would love to see what you, how you wrangle this dragon if you bother at all to go into the cavern. Okay. Based off of what you said and what my own feelings were, I am going to be a bit of a Grinch here, but not. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not going to throw out the card. I'm not going to steal it from a small child and then claim that I was a good guy the whole time as they do in the Grinch. I'm not going to abuse a dog, you know, in, in the way that the Grinch does. <laughs> but I am going to play a nasty trick because I want to put this card on the main fridge but i want to put it within finger reach sorry i said that phrase finger reach (laughs) of of the handle for the fridge and santa was in finger reach as close (laughs) as he could be climbing down the chimney hoping just to see the tree all right uh go ahead (laughs) can keep interrupting you with rhymes (laughs) that would be welcome i want to put it right where your fingers can reach the handle so that once in a while, a stranger or a friend who's in your apartment looking in the fridge, seeing what's good, will hit this card and open it, and then they will have to listen. And that will bring oh, me some Christmas you wanna, joy. 
Bobby, you are an elf on the shelf, aren't you? You mm. want to trick you want to trick the world. You want to force others. Well, I take it as you don't want to force others to feel pain necessarily, but you had to experience this and now others have to. In a sort of in a sort of japesy, sort of jokestery Christmas time trick I see you've done. Yeah, tricks misery loves Christmas. Misery loves and we and we invite misery over every year for fine salmon nog and fine creamed bre- creamed brass. <laughs> oh cream bass. But we do I have been creaming my brass instruments, so that'll Those doorknobs are beautiful that you made. Those cream brass doorknobs. Thank you. It's it's copper and whole milk. I feel like creamed brass is going to come to haunt me later. But the that is that is a good use of the full card. If you're not going to lose points like I did and you're going to have to keep this fully intact, then I would say the best way to adhere to that is to force others to feel this pain and to also think about the get the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again scene from uh <laughs> from Science of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah. It gets the deer on the fridge or else it talks to great cousin Midge. <laughs> it lets the deer dance nice and loose or else it gets the hoses moose. <laughs> How is cousin Midge? Uh, not well. She never is. That's part of her charm. Yeah, I like Midge when she's sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobby, you have I've had I, too much nog. I no, you have not. Well, how do you do you like your nog with more of a, a rum or a bourbon, or are you just having plain old good nog the way the good nog gods intended? I do mix my tipple a little bit, so I actually had a little a little Irish whiskey left over that I topped Ooh. off with. So uh, not too very bad, nice, not too shabby. I think I'm going to put a little bourbon in mine later, and that will be a fine eggnog tradition. And we want to hear how you guys like to mix your nogs when you are listening to this card. So after you've seen the video of this card and have to wash that down with something stronger because you are going to bed, and God knows you can't can't keep that in your brain if you're going to slumber. By all means, let us know what you put in your nog. Is it bourbon? Is it Gatorade? Let us know what you like to do with yours. Yeah, how do you grog your nog? How do you grog your nog? Hashtag grog your nog if you're listening to this episode, and I know you are. Hashtag grog your nog, guys. Let's get it started. Let's enjoy the remnants of Twitter by, by getting some hashtags out there. <laughs> run through the ruins. Be free. <laughs> run, th- run through the ruins barefoot. You probably won't get trichinosis. <laughs> Dan, thank you for going on this hell journey with me. I can only imagine the next the next holiday card must be an improvement. So thank you for being here with me in the bowels. I, I can't wait till we reach the heights the next time. we do. Absolutely. I can't wait till we reach the next heights as well, my good friend. Another holiday card awaits us, and a holiday card here awaits you guys. If you absolutely log on and subscribe to at GreetingsPod on Instagram or at GreetingsCast on Twitter, please go on, have a look at this card for yourself, and join us in the deep fire that we are both jumping in, because it is Christmas, but it's going to feel like midsummer real soon. It's beginning to feel a lot like midsummer your bowels are on the ground we were brought to a forest with friends and the misery never ends i saw a dude his his face with a rock boom 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 bye everybody bye You're always in a fog when you're drinking nog. Old England. Old New England nog. Right in the middle of my good Maccabean joke. Damn.